everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hustle Podcast. Yes, thank you so much. We do have a request though before we get started. If you have found our content to be entertaining or helpful, would you consider leaving us a review on iTunes? Those five-star reviews really help to make sure that our content gets out there and that our show continues to grow. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Pierce Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 346, an update episode. Yeah, we love our update episodes. So uh, again, if you're new to Pierce Podcast, you're not kind of sure how our, our program works. Uh, every Monday, we release a short little episode on YouTube. It's a YouTube exclusive. So if you're not already following us on YouTube, make sure to go on over there, hit the subscribe button, check out. We have a lot of videos. Sometimes we post you know, shorts or some of the things that we do at garage sales or things like that will end up on YouTube and not on the podcast. Uh, and then also we have that special Monday episode that's just on YouTube. And then every Wednesday, we alternate between a themed episode where we're talking about a specific talk topic in reselling. And then we have our update episodes, which are like this, where we get to talk about what's going on in our life reselling wise, uh, and then just general news in the reselling world, eBay updates, shipping updates, all the things that matter to us as resellers, uh, along with some uh, sweet bolo. So we've had some people ask, what's a bolo? Uh, so this episode, we're going to be dropping some bolos, things you should be looking out for. Be on the lookout for these items because they're going to flip for a lot of money if you find them at garage sales, thrift stores. They sell well on eBay. I can't believe we missed that on our last theme episode or the last two, because the last two were like things you should know as a new seller. Yeah, if you're a new seller and then we're like, here's bolos and it's like, uh, bolo means be on the lookout. That's right. So it's an item you want to pick up for money. I can't, you know, that's the thing. And, and hopefully, you know, many of you, when you listen to us, if, if there's anything that goes over your head, you're like, wow, you guys are discussing that. I have no idea. Let us know in the comments. Sometimes, you know, we can reply in the comments and just clarify things or that gives us an idea about something to discuss on a Monday mini-sode or a future podcast. Because the thing is, after reselling for a while, again, you forget what got you to a certain place. That's right. Right. I mean, I've been doing this for, it's crazy. It's like 11 to 12 years right. and then five years full time. We're approaching a... Our sixth year in Pure as a podcast here pretty soon. It's crazy. We need to. That is when we get to a decade. That's gonna be. That's gonna be lit. A decade. How many? I want to know how many like reselling YouTubes have been around for like a decade. Yeah, maybe. you know what I mean. That's. I think at that point, then we're then 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 we've made it. You know, like we're OG so. at that point. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Anyways, hey, what's going? On? Oh, before we start, if you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe and make sure to smash that like button and hit that bell notification so you know whenever an episode drops. So, what's going on with you, Mike? So, we talked recently. Um, I think our last update episode that I wanted to hit some garage sales, uh, just because I'm going to be moving oh, here. I know where soon. this went. Um, <laughs> So do you? Yeah, on the Discord. Oh, on the I Discord. Heard, it was hilarious. Yeah. So um Saturdays typically are either family days for me or it's it's sourcing. I mean, we all know what it's like as resellers. In fact, more and more people that I know, like it's coming up a lot in our Discord of people who, you know, Fridays tend to actually be a, a really good garage sale day for a lot of people or estate sales. Unfortunately, I typically can't do Fridays. So Saturdays are the day that's like I'm gonna go sourcing. Um and as a teacher under on my contract, there tends to be like two to three Saturdays every year that I'm like contract that I have to do something for the school, whether it's a conference or uh, professional development or some kind of something like that. And this coming Saturday or this, the, the last Saturday was one of those where I had to go to a school function and it was a steam expo. So kind of a fun thing in a community college where our school is kind of representing the things we do as a school. And normally for things like that, if it's a Saturday thing that I can get out of, um, 
even if it means I'm taking a sick day, I'm going to do it because I know that, hey, if I take a sick day, um, I'm going to make more money out of garage sales than I'm going to make whatever they're going to pay me for a, a, a day, right? I'll, I'll take the sick time. That's fine. However, um, I, I got a special stipend for this one and then an additional stipend to go to this one because I got they wanted me to record some video stuff. So again, we talk a lot about being a hustler, having a lot of different skills and trades and things that you can do in order to hustle. Uh, so my school knows that I do videos, I make videos. So um, it was worth it to me. I basically got a double stipend to go to this thing. So I didn't take sick time, but it didn't start until like 10. I had to be there at nine. Um, but I was like, okay, even even having to get there Still at nine, time. I can, that that's before golden hour, right? Like if you're going to garage sales, if you're, between six and like eight is golden time. Like that's when you're making your best deals. So I'm like, no problem. I'll just find some garage sales around that area. And I do my normal tr tips and tricks as far as I'm going onto Craigslist and I'm looking up community garage sales, church rummage sales, uh, neighborhood sales. And I found one that was near enough and it was advertised as a big, large neighborhood community garage sale. <laughs> Multiple houses participating. It was an Oh, nice it even area. said that on the ad. Multiple houses participating. It was a, a nice neighborhood. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to this one. I'll, I'll probably spend my whole morning there and then I'll head straight over to uh, to the event that I have to go to, to for school. Well, I get there and the house that was in, because a lot of times those community sales, they'll give you like one address or like a location. Well, there was one address. So that's the one I go to. It is the only oh, garage the sale. And while I'm there, like there's really, there's nothing. There's like six people trying to buy stuff at this one house and there's really nothing that's that's valuable there. And I even hear the husband and wife running the garage sale say, are, are we the only house doing this? And the, and the guy's like, well, it doesn't technically start until uh, seven. So they're, they're probably not going to start setting out their stuff until seven. And, and I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Garage sales, if, if it starts at seven, people are setting their stuff up before seven, right? Do you think he knew? I don't like know. Like he had planned to write community sale on the ad the entire it, it time? It could have been one of those things where a bunch of neighbors were like, yeah, they, the Saturday it's a garage sale. And then they just ended up being the only one. So I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So I go onto the Discord and I see all these people saying like, yeah, I'm driving, you know, this distance to go to these garage sales and there's going to be a hundred of them. Or, you know, I got 30 garage sales I've got on my map in this area I'm going to be driving to. And I'm like, I drove to this area and there was one house. The entire community sale was one house. And that's the worst. I mean... A lot of times you can tell in an ad, right? A lot of times an ad, it's pretty clear like, uh, this is a neighborhood or if it's like a multifamily. A lot of times what multifamily, at least in our area, what that means is that it's one house running it and it's like maybe two families in the same driveway. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, it's me plus like I, I invited my, uh, my aunt to come over and sell some of her stuff on this table. Uh, so multifamily, I typically avoid. But when it's like community, neighborhood, multiple houses participating, it looked pretty legit. You know, and so I went out there and and no, it was not good. So then that's when we spend a lot of time and we've talked a lot in the past about the importance of planning out your route the night before, you know, having ahead of time, the houses you're going to go to, the time you're going to go to them. Orlando and I have kind of different techniques of how we do that. Um, I typically uh, will plan based off of time frame. So garage sales that start at six, I'm going to hit those up first and the ones that start at seven. So even if I have to do some backtracking, because I want to be the first one is mini garage sales as I can. Uh, you can also do it based off of just drive like time or distance, uh, or you can also do it based off of keywords like, oh, these ones say they have Lego, so I'm going there first or whatever it is that you're looking for. But because I was thinking that I'm just going to spend this entire time at a community garage sale, I didn't have a route planned out. Huh. And when you're sitting that's, there that's and rough. it's now at seven o'clock, it's actually like getting close, like 7.15 by the time I left that garage sale. I'm like, okay, now I've got to like create a route right now before I leave. 
And it's tough. It's tough when you're doing that on your phone. It's not as convenient as doing it on the, the night before on a computer and making the list. So I'm trying to find all of the areas. And so then the next one I go to, another huge fail. Typically on Craigslist, it's pretty good to show you like the day of sales. So like they show my, they have a map now. Yeah, I, I use the map all the time. They've had the map for a long time. Oh, okay. I just recently noticed it. Yeah, so you have to select the map. Um, but I like doing that because then, yeah, you can see a whole bunch of like, if you see six in an area, then you zoom into that area and you're like, okay, these are all, you know, within a few blocks of each other. Okay, I'm going to go there. So I saw one that looked really good and it was an estate sale. And I hadn't been doing an estate sale in a little while. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to hit up an estate sale. So I go to an estate sale and as soon as I pull up, it was n- nobody's there. I'm like, what in the world is happening? I got the right address. I look and it's for a week from now. Oh, that's even, I didn't know that. And that's Craigslist terrible. almost never does that. Like Craigslist is really good with like you put in the date that it starts. And like if I, I, I start doing them on Friday, so I have to purposely select Saturday. Some, sometimes it's like one day only Fridays and I don't want those. So for whatever reason, they had selected on Craigslist that it was going to be this Saturday, but in the ad, it was the next Saturday. So I drove a long ways to this one that wasn't even a thing. Drove to another estate sale and actually spent quite a t- bit of time in another estate sale. Um, didn't end up buying anything. There was actually a lot of stuff I could have bought. They had they had some pretty good prices on some Legos and some toys. And but I'm I'm being really picky right now on the the stuff that I'm picking up. Uh, and it wasn't quite the right pricing. It was like I could be profitable here, but I know I'm going to end up moving this stuff cross country, and I'm going to end up making like maybe $150 off of all the stuff that I could buy, but it's a lot of stuff and it's just, it's not worth it to me. So I didn't end up buying anything there. But in between those two, the the fake estate sale and then the real estate sale, I went and I went to a garage sale. And as soon as I pull up, I walk up and I'm starting to look at some stuff. And from inside the house, I hear somebody yell, is that Pierre Russell podcast? What? And I was like, uh, what? And so I look and a guy comes down. He's like, Hey, I listened to your show. I'm pretty sure his name was Eric. Now, if you're listening right now, if I've got your name wrong, I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure it was Eric. And he's like, yeah, I, you know, I'm telling all my friends about your, your podcast. Uh, this is my buddy. He's selling his stuff right now. Um, and I'm like, oh, dang, like <laughs> it's not a great <laughs> thing. I love, but they know you haggle though, right? So they know I haggle. Here's the thing. I love meeting, um, listeners out in the wild, especially if they're buyers, but when they're the ones doing the garage sale, it's not as good of a deal because here's yeah, the yeah, thing. I hear you. I know for a fact, I mean, maybe everybody's different. Like there's things that you sell that I don't sell. And so maybe there is some profitable stuff there. But I also know like if there's any like gyms, like this thing is going to sell for $500 on eBay. This guy already knows. He already mm-hmm. went through. Mm-hmm. He found it. He pulled all that stuff out. So I knew I wasn't going to get any killer deals at this place, but it was cool to get to kind of talk to a, a listener for a little while. And the weird thing was, he's like, so you're moving. Like, you, you know, why are you moving? So it's kind of weird. And he's like, it's weird. I know. I, I feel like I know like your whole life story. And, uh, and, and, and it's, it's a cool thing. I don't want anybody, if, if, if you're a listener, I feel like there's times where I run into listeners and they've like made eye contact with me, but they haven't actually, you know, like talked to me. I've had people afraid. do that and then DM me after the like fact. I saw like, you. Hey, I yeah. saw you. I made eye contact. With yeah. You. Yeah. Like you should have said hi. Yeah. Don't, don't be afraid to say hi. We love talking to, to our listeners out, out in the wild. It's, it's a ton of fun. Uh, but so. It was cool because it wasn't a wasted morning. It was I, I got to go to some estate sales. I got a kind of a frustrating story of going to one, a, a community sale. But then I got to chat with a listener for a little while, which is a ton of fun. And then I did the school thing and it's fine. So it ended up being a day where I didn't actually buy anything. But that's fine because I still got the, the thrill of looking through boxes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and at the one estate sale that I went to, you know, spending some time, I did some negotiating, some haggling. And in fact, like as I was leaving, it was like, OK, well, OK, let's make a deal on the Legos. And I'm like, oh, do I do it? Do I? Like not, I said, honestly, I'm not in the market for him right now because 
if I wanted to spend the time and the energy, I could probably have made some money on it, but I didn't want to ship, like deal with shipping all that stuff across the country and, and re going through it then. Yeah, it's, it, it's a pain. Especially for sure. when you got to lot them up and everything. Yeah. We have a video, by the way, if you want to look yeah, at this how to lot them up. Lego. But, but these were sets. And so it's a little bit harder because you want to make sure they're all in bags. He's like, this one's complete. Oh, this that's one's even missing worse. This, this one. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I wouldn't want to get that headache. Um, but yeah, it was it was a cool day. It's cool uh, getting, you know, getting to talk to a listener. So. Um, yeah, I mean, not not a ton going on with that. I mean, I'm still doing the the local deals. Sold quite a few things locally in the last couple of days. Had people coming over to the house quite a bit, buying some stuff, uh, or meeting people. So the reason I had people at the house is because uh, they're big things like furniture type stuff that we were flipping. Um, so that's not stuff that I want to go meet at like a Starbucks or something. Yeah. Um, but usually we'll meet at like a, a fast food place or something like that locally. But I've done a lot of local deals. In fact, got a killer deal. It was crazy. So. We're, we're in the market personally for um, a new washer dryer because the house that we bought doesn't have washer and dryer. You know, we've only rented recently. So it's like, okay, we need to buy a nice washer and dryer. And my wife found this deal and it's like brand new. These washer and dryers are like 900 and something each washer and dryer. So you're looking at eight, like two grand total for both of them. Yeah. And we picked them up for $400. They're still so new that they have the warranty. The lady had the warranty on them still. She's like, here you go. Here's the warranty for these. And she goes, yeah, I must have sold these too low because I had like 30 people reaching out. You guys were just the first one. Was the gal like in her 30s? Maybe. Like a kid? No, it was a, it was a husband wife. I mean, there may be a kid. I think one. I know. <laughs> oh, really? I think they're friends of mine. That, did you find it on a marketplace? Um, no, no. Okay, it was, okay, uh, okay. It was off road. Yeah. Right, she had like brand new stuff. Just mm-hmm. That would have been crazy. That would yeah, be interesting. But, uh, but yeah, so again, as, as a reseller, knowing how to look for things, and my wife and I had a long conversation about that. She goes, cause she was getting kind of discouraged because she kept seeing good deals and then they, she couldn't pick them up. And it was like, <clears throat> y- you can easily get that FOMO that we talk about a lot when it comes to, you know, there's a garage sale or an estate sale. Am I going to miss something? And it happens a lot on local deals where you see something and it's like in your mind, you're like, if I get this, this is going to be it. And then it does, it falls through, they sell it to somebody else and you can almost feel devastated. Like I missed it. But we were talking, it's like, if you're patient enough, if you're hawking, offer up Facebook marketplace, you know what it is you're looking for. You know, the niche you're in, eventually you're going to find the deal. And it, it doesn't have to be all the time. Cause my wife was like, we can turn around and like make six, $700 off these washer and dryers like today, if we wanted to, mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. like, we could, we could flip them right now and make a ton of money. And I was like, but we need them. So we're going to keep them right. But if you're, if you're hawking and you know what you're looking for, you might only get deals like that a few times a year where it's like, I could, I could turn this around. And it was like that with the, both the trailers that I bought where I could turn this around and make a thousand dollars today on this thing that I bought. Well, if you get five, six deals like that a year on a big things where it's like you buy it and you can make a grand, you can easily get that FOMO or you can get that feeling of I've looked for the last six weeks and I haven't found a great deal on OfferUp or on Facebook marketplace. But six weeks isn't really a lot of time. And if you consider like 52 weeks, if you get four, five, six of these deals where you're making five to five hundred to a thousand dollars or more off of a single off a single flip where you're buying something and then flipping it, that's an extra five, six grand a year just from a few minutes a day. That's it. A few minutes a day. You're looking at things like, oh, there's a good one. Let's try it. Oh, no, that one's a bad one, bad one. So don't be discouraged if you are like, man, I really know RC cars or I really know couches or whatever it is that you know, and you're not finding those deals, you might only find the deal once or twice a year, but it's going to be worth it. And the more of those niches that you learn, the more of those, those items that you can learn a lot about over time, you get to the point where, Hey, there's like eight categories I know really well. And I only find one or two of them a year on Facebook marketplace or an offer up, but those one or two times really pays off. So 
don't be afraid to spend time looking for those deals. You don't have to. I think a lot of times we get that like, I have to do it all today. If I don't find the deal on Facebook Marketplace, especially if you're new, you're just starting out. I can't find anything that I'm looking for. I'm just going to give up reselling. Well, over the course of the year, you're going to find a handful. And the more that you learn, you're going to find more and more of those. And if that's just the icing on the cake, man, you can really you can really bring in extra money. I, I would add to that that you could actually, and, and it depends where you're at, because I think we were privileged to be in San Diego and there's hundreds of people selling stuff all the time. I would say thousands of people selling stuff all the time, but it kind of goes hand in hand with what you're saying. So I'm in a place where I'm only sourcing once a week, right? I'm just sourcing garage sales. That's it. Now there's two reasons for that. One is I have tons of stuff that I still need to list and I have not been as consistent. I will say I've, I've not been doing the 30 plus a day that I like to do. I've actually been really low, but that's what I love about reselling is because you still have the ability to have money come in and you can take a break if you need to. Right now, it's the end of the school year. Uh, my kids have a lot of stuff going on. My one son just finished school. So that part is done. My other son's still going to school, but I had a lot of church events, a lot of school events. You just mentioned all that. And so I've been able to step back even as a full-time seller because I have a lot of inventory. So I'm not really stressed about it. And part of the reason is this last year, I kept mentioning, I'm going to keep buying. I'm going to keep buying. I'm going to keep buying. There's so many deals. And as you're discussing local deals, I'm thinking of the fact that every day I'm looking for local deals and I probably lose 90% of them, Mm -hmm. right? Because I probably offer, I know I offer too low sometimes, but there's always that one or two that bite, right? And, And they make that time worth it. So I may spend... An hour or two, you know, going through Craigslist, going through OfferUp, checking out Facebook Marketplace, Nextdoor, all the different, you know, local apps. And might say, well, you lost two hours. And say, let's say I spend 10 hours a week doing that. But I find those one or two scores, the the if I do the math, I'm easily gonna be making fifty to hundred dollars easily per hour with those 10 hours added. Yep. Right. So it is worth the time. Obviously, you should do safe searches and so on. And then on top of that, you know, there's business cards. We've talked about business cards, how Mike and I very much uh, are in favor of handing out business cards, especially when it's a good deal where you or you buy a lot of stuff and you find out they have more because even that'll keep you moving. Right. And I would say recently I haven't had a lot of texts or messages probably in the last month. But there was one month where I think I had like eight phone calls. Right. Where, hey, by the way, I know you're interested and it's been about over a year since we've talked, but I know this family and they want to move all this stuff. And I mentioned you and and you show up and you're set. So I want to encourage you, you know, keep looking into those local deals, keep finding ways to source. Uh, Did you have more to add? I didn't mean to tell you. That's good. So I've had some interesting things. I do want to I don't even know where to start here. So remember when I went up to San Francisco? And I visited for the week and I bought stuff while I was out there and I was like, uh, I don't know if it's going to be that profitable. And it ended up being pretty much all the stuff I picked up was profitable. So I always encourage people, if you're on a trip, you have an opportunity to source, you shouldn't because you never know how things will play out. So when I was in San Francisco, I had uh, one of my best friends. He took care of the hotel while I was there. Uh, and that was pretty awesome. So thank you. You know who you are if you're, if you're listening. Uh and, you know, my plane flights were taken care of because of the points I get from, you know, doing retail arbitrage. And then I went sourcing. I ended up selling a shirt I paid $8 for for 150 I sold a pair of shoes that I paid 24 for 180 Or maybe I got them switched. Anyways, 
uh, close to 200. I sold another shirt for 90, another shirt for 90. So I ended up spending, I think, like $100 sourcing. I made, you know, five to $800 on everything I picked up. And on top of that, you know, you know, I ended up paying for my meals because, right, a lot of these things when you're sourcing, you can, you know, put tax deductions and so on. And so I was thinking back, I was like, wow, every time I go on some kind of trip, I usually want to source. Right now, there are times when I go out with my family and, and like, I remember when we went to South Dakota two years ago and so on, there's not much to source. You're out in the middle of nowhere in Wyoming and so on. Uh, and you don't want to take away from your family either. But I encourage you to do that because there's good money. All right. So that I just wanted to share that because I was kind of shocked at everything I was making. All right. So uh, a lot of you have been asking, you know, how's the uh, ending of sales and restarting of sales going? And we had a discussion on Discord and a lot of people were saying, that's what I'm doing right now. I'll run a sale for a week and I'll end it. And hours later, I'll start it. And it's kind of like it jumpstarts things. Yeah, it refreshes it. Yeah. And I'm not sure, you know, how long that hack's going to be around. But if you haven't started that, I would try it because my sales have been, they're not at Q4 level, but they're, they've been pretty close. And one of my stores is consistently selling. I went from the depth of despair in February to now I'm like, all right, summer's looking pretty good. If this momentum can continue, I'm going to have a really good summer. I don't think I've had a summer slowdown yet. And I know everybody right now on YouTube is talking about slow sales and, and things aren't working out. And I want to encourage you to listen to our Monday mini so that we just dropped in there. We, we take an email from someone and we discuss, you know, the idea of, okay, why aren't sales happening? Right. They, they attempted to try something and then things just fell apart and, and just listen to it. Cause in the end, yes, there are the macroeconomics, right? The bad economy. You know, we have uh, a lot of, a lot of issues going on in our country with the debt ceiling and so on, but there are always buyers for items, right? They never go away, whether it be times of despair or whether, you know, things are, are really ain't going well, there will always be buyers for items. The catch is, you know, finding those items, you know, marketing them right, giving the right deal, and you can still consistently uh, make sales. Yeah. And kind of going along with what you were saying with the ending the sale. So we talked uh, recently in previous episodes about the benefit of doing that as far as the algorithm goes and how that might help you as far as eBay specifically is concerned. But in addition to that, somebody mentioned, I think it was in uh, a YouTube comment, might have been on the Discord, but somebody talked about uh, doing what you were saying as far as running a sale, starting it on Monday, ending it on Sunday, and then like starting over. And one of the benefits of doing that is it can create a sense of urgency for the buyer if they see like, oh, there's only two days left in this sale. Mm -hmm. And think about it like Harbor Freight, I think is a good example because I've been buying some stuff recently at Harbor Freight. And occasionally it's like the items that I want are on sale and they're really good. If you're a member, or you sign up for their email, you're getting emails consistently about whatever their newest coupons are in their sales. And Harbor Freight is like Hobby Lobby is like a lot of the places where if you're buying something at full price, you're paying too much. Because there's always Agreed. a sale of some kind. And maybe the item you're trying to buy this week isn't on sale this week. But within the month, like that's it's going to cycle and it's going to be on sale for a pretty good price or there's going to be a coupon. And stores know that. And so, again, if, if that's what businesses do, they understand they there's people who are paid. Like, I, I don't remember what movie it was, but I watched something. Uh, maybe it was a documentary and it was talking about like the the 
people who are in charge of like political campaigns as far as like, okay, the candidate's going to go on stage, what color tire are they going to wear? What what style watch are they going to have? How are they going to have their hands positioned? Like they know based off of the psychology of like, okay, the intended audience for this specific debate, this color is going to resonate in this way. And it's going to create these feelings. And there are people who it's like, that's way above my pay grade. I don't have time to learn all of that aspect of psychology. But what we can do is we can assume all of the big companies have paid the people in marketing to figure those things out. And if a lot of the big companies are running those consistent sales that, you know, ending, you know, this week and two days only, and then you know that next week is going to be another two days only sale. Um, and it works like it works in order to hook people in. It drives that sense of urgency. So not only can it help you in the algorithm by ending sales and then starting a sale again, but again, there's that psychology aspect of if there's somebody who's looking at items in your store and they're like, oh man, it's on sale, but the sale is only good for one more day. Well, they don't know that you're going to put it back on sale again next week. And maybe eventually they're like, oh, this thing's always on sale. But usually it's enough to drive that. I need to, I'm going to make an offer right now because it's on sale. So you get that benefit too. And again, if bigger companies are doing that, take advantage of the fact that they've already done the market research. That's a tactic that works. Even things like what ending something in 99, instead of, instead of selling something for $24, you sell for $23.99. Like that's something everybody knows like, oh, it's not really that big of a difference, but in somebody's head, well, that's only $23. It's not or it's only $24, not $25. And that a little bit is enough to make a difference for somebody. Mm-hmm. And so little things like that, you don't have to learn all the psychology behind it, but just say, hey, if big companies are doing this, I'm going to imitate it, assuming they know what they're doing. It's funny you bring that up. So at Costco, there's this detergent that has a fabric softener and it's it's tied, whatever. And it's, you know, I usually buy the, the private label stuff, right? Because it's a better deal and it's the same quality. But recently they've had this coupon and it's like, you know, you get it for 15 instead of 20. And so I remember last time I bought two, right? Because I'm like, all right, I'm getting this deal. You know, instead of spending uh, the 40 bucks, I'm only spending 30. I'm saving $10. And then two weeks later, they had the sale again on them. And then I bought it again, right? Because I'm like, I don't know if this is going to go on sale again. I really like, you know, the way this washed the clothes and everything. So, yeah, I agree with you. Like that, that's what happens. People are like, hey, I better snag this now because I don't know if it'll be at this price later. So encourage you guys to do that because I do think sales can continue now garage sales garage sales they've been good that's all all i can say i mean this last time i did go to one of those community sales like you had mentioned and it was like three houses Mm. right and uh but here's the beauty of garage sales i I always encourage you pick up like that one item you know is going to pay for your haul right so recently this last saturday i ended up getting two free mountain bikes which were just hanging they were they were huffy so they weren't like next level right yeah but (laughs) <laughs> they're free and hopefully locally I can flip those. Uh, I, I picked up some baseball bats, which are hot right now. I would, that's not our bolo, but that's our, <laughs> I guess our free bolo uh, and, uh, and some other items. But one bat that I sold, I sold it for $90 plus shipping paid for the entire haul. Mm. Right. And from the haul, I'm probably going to make, you know, five to $600. So I always think about that when you're, you know, at garage sales, and you're like, oh, I don't know if it's, if it's even worth it. You never know. You might hit that one garage sale. You get that one item that's going to take care of everything. So, hey, before we move on, you know, sometimes you got all that inventory that you've picked up from a garage sale and you're like, oh, I'm going to put this on a spreadsheet or I'm going to take care of it later. And then April 15th comes along. You're like, oh, I don't even know what items I picked up, what they sold for. My Reseller Genie is a tool to help you. We've had plenty of people uh, sign up uh, via our link below, get that free 15% off with our code PUREHUSTLE, all caps. And they've even said, you know, I've always stressed about my taxes. 
I've always been worried. You know, I don't like Excel. I can't stand it. Well, my reseller genie takes care of all of that. Uh, what it does is you're able to track your inventory, put how much you paid for items. It e imports everything from eBay on a daily basis. If you end up getting, I think it's the, not the first plan, but the next plan, it takes care of everything. And it's very, in, it, it's very affordable in comparison to QuickBooks or other ones that are just complicated and not reseller friendly. So definitely check out my reseller genie, go to our link below, use our code pure hustle all in cash and you get 15% off the first month. Yeah. Or do you have any random stories? Yeah. I mean, another man, I feel like uh, I'm, I'm talking about how foolish I have been recently, which, you know, uh, I think normally the, the strategy that influencers have, and not that I'm saying we're influencers, but you know, the strategy is like flex, flex as much as you can about how great you are and how much you're doing. Uh, but we're, we try to be very real and, and, talk about our failures too so that way people can learn uh, from our mistakes so we sold something recently and um, it was you know pretty good sales like you know almost hundred dollar sale in profit for us and it was a you know piece of hard like hardware that goes on the outside of someone's home to like cover an electrical box we sold quite a few of those recently and we go and we pack it and we realize like oh we don't actually have to ship this for like why is it why is it saying we have like almost a week to ship this out and then we realized that uh, we had taken a trip and we had changed, adjusted our, our shipping and handling time, which we've talked about doing multiple times. It's like you can do time away. You can adjust your shipping and handling time if you're going to be gone for a little bit. We'd adjusted our shipping and handling time and we never changed it back. And so for like two weeks, like sales are coming in, but much slower than normal. <laughs> What's going on? And uh, then we realized like, oh, oh, well, that's not great. You know, so. Anyways, it kind of worked out to our favor because we were a little bit delayed as far as actually packing it. And then we realized like, oh, this is going FedEx. So we can't take it to the normal, like drop it off on our way in at the UPS store. We got to actually take it to this other place that's Postal Linux that we use. So it ended up working out because it gave us an extra day to do that. Um, we had more than an extra day, but we had that extra day available to us because we had like five shipping days, five business days as our shipping. But you got to check on stuff. I, just real quick, I, I had a bunch of VHS that I was trying to sell on eBay and I was competing with uh, Amazon listings. So I put free shipping. Mm. Well, I forgot about that. And so I went to 50% off Ooh. on my store. Yep. And so I had, for example, like a six pack of VHS selling for $12 free shipping. And then a 50%. And so no, 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 no. It, went, it was just 25. Okay. Down and it went down to whatever, 1250 free shipping. How much profit do you think I made? Yeah, I probably lost something on that. I made zero. I made, I think, like a dollar maybe. Okay. I had to ship them padded priority and somehow get it in there with cardboard. Uh, but you got to be careful because yep. you just never know. So I went and I fixed all my listings. Yeah, check that. And that that's not a bad thing, too. I mean, we talk about running sales and you obviously have got to be cautious with that. If you, if you priced it, considering shipping, if you're not doing calculated shipping, which I think it's fine to do free shipping. I do a lot of free shipping on things. You almost have to do again the the store strategy of hey look at this item is twenty five percent off but then you look like they actually raised the price before they put the sale price on it like that happened to me at Dick's one yeah. time we bought an item for sale and it was a, it was still on sale for a pretty good price but then after we peeled off the sale sticker the we worst. saw another sticker and then we peeled off that and we saw another sticker and they had actually raised the price from its original price to do the sale on it so that way it's that's what happens with store liquidations a lot yeah. A lot. I would say I experienced that with Office Depot. I remember when they shut down, I experienced it with Toys R Us a little bit. So again, it's not a bad idea to do if you're going to use sales, not just like, hey, I need quick inventory. I don't really care if I'm, I'm, I'm not making as much profit on stuff. But if you're buying something and like, hey, ideally, I want to sell this for $50. That's my happy spot. Um, and I know that's a competitive price for this. 
I would normally list this for 75, maybe take an offer, but hey, I'm gonna run a sale on this. Make it so that your sale brings it down to that $50 because you've already done all the math on that, but you still have the sale running, which again, creates that, oh, this item's on sale, I should buy this. But you gotta figure that in ahead of time. If you just run your whole store on sale, which again, isn't a problem if you're like, hey, I need $1,000 quick because this bill is due or whatever, I had a medical bill come up, then hey, maybe you don't mind if you're, you know, selling stuff for quite a bit less, but then be careful on those things where, especially smaller items where you could end up breaking even or losing money uh, on some stuff. Yeah, and I encourage everyone, keep costs low. If you can keep your costs low, that's okay. Right? If you're spending, you know, two to three bucks on an item that you're flipping for a hundred bucks and you go 50% off, you're still going to do well, right? You're still going to 10 to 20 exit or whatever it is. Uh, but if you're doing retail arbitrage, that's when it gets kind of tricky, you know? So, all right. Uh, do you want to update on the uh, the porch the porch dog? Okay, yeah. So let me let let's, let's give some context. Let me let me give the context okay, because I right, feel like you're right. gonna I feel like you're gonna pad the story a little bit so it doesn't sound as crazy. So uh, <laughs> at least on your end. So Orlando gets a message from somebody about a a plush and somebody wanted some pictures of it and so he's like, well, I can't send you any more pictures of this plush uh, because you know I they, I deleted them off my phone, but they're in the listing. And then the person said that they wanted them in, they wanted to see the item in, and then they put porches and they, I th I'm 99% sure that it was an autocorrect from in pictures. And so Orlando takes the item, puts it on some grass, takes a picture of it and says, well, I don't have a porch, but here's the, here's the plush on some, on my lawn. And, and so, yeah, so I think it was supposed to be pictures, but then Orlando sends me the message that this guy sent afterwards and uh, it does get weird. So, okay. All right. So I want to preface this where I'm not knocking anybody. I mean, I even myself, I have a special needs child, so I, I don't know this individual. OK, where, where this lands. OK, but thing, things got kind of kind of interesting. OK, so <laughs> I send the pictures and I get this. You did an incredible job with the pictures and I don't know how to respond to that. Like I go appreciate it, you know, and then they said, you know, they gave me the they're like, is this how much it's going to be? I'm like, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, that's Canadian dollars, but if you interpret it in American. It's going to be this thing. Got a question is the question I received after is, is he is he it says, is he half soft or hard nose? And that's fair enough for, a, like, for a, a plush. I guess so. So I said, all right, I'll get back. This is already becoming too much. Okay, It's only I'm not going to make a lot of money on this. And so I get back to them I'm like, oh, it's a hard nose, whatever. Uh, and then they said, is it means if I will sleep with him, nose will bother me. And I'm like, ah, OK, so maybe this is a child like they want a plush to like sleep with. You know what I mean? The, yeah. the, the like, comfort animal or whatever. And then I just said, all depends on the person should be good. And then I get this picture of this grown man holding a plush. And I'm like, all right, I don't. I don't even know. Like, I, I'm just, I, I don't. And then they said, I'm a 24 year old man uh, and I'll buy your plush to sleep with him at night. And I'm kind of like, all right, like, do I respond? Like, cool, bro. Like, what, what do I like? I like, do I relay with him? Like, Hey, I love sleeping with plushes sometimes. No. Like I, I don't <laughs> let it go. Let it go. <laughs> so all I said is appreciate your business. I don't know if that's the most cool to calculate, but so I don't know if I got trolled. Like one of you trolled me on this one. Like, I'm not sure. Was it somebody that doesn't like pure as a podcast? Was it somebody that, you know, they generally have a thing for sleeping with big plushes next to them at night. Now here's my, so that I think that's the, 
the best take on it. And you should always have the best take. Assume the best for people. Um, I was telling Orlando, though, like it reminded me potentially. And I think you got to be careful. We talked about this with. Are you going to go down this road? I'm not going to go down it too far. I okay, think people okay. I think people, you know, they, they understand. Um, yeah. But it's a really useful tool. We talked about on a previous episode about using the cell similar. I think cell similar is very useful because a lot of the details are in there. I do think, though, that there is probably different communities into different things that use keywords on listings on local deals specifically, and then probably also on things like eBay, where if it has certain keywords or phrases in a certain order that you know what you're getting isn't actually the item that's for sale, right? Where it's like... This is like a TikTok conspiracy kind of stuff. <clears throat> I mean, I don't think it is because I, I I mentioned on a podcast previously and I don't remember... What, yeah, what yeah I remember, was, I remember. I, know I told this about. story about, you know, something I found on a local deal and I actually reported it to, uh, I think it was OfferUp and I, I reported it as I think that there's some, some very devious uh, activity happening here. But it was pretty clear that what was being sold was like not actually the, the thing, but it was like probably pictures of things that they shouldn't be selling. And so um, um, I think you've got to be careful maybe with sell similar because what could have happened is you could have, did you do sell similar on that uh, plush? Do you know? I did. Okay. So it's possible that there's a community of people who know to look for a certain thing. And if there's, they, they just know they, they eBay search certain things. And if it pops up, that's their way of getting maybe it could be anything. It could be, drugs it could be what are, who knows what, what, what it is it, right so so just be careful if okay. you do sell similar that that um descriptions actually make sense for what you're doing because if there's something weird in there it could it could be i don't even know what the terminology I, I, so you're telling that. i entered an area that i was unaware of possibly maybe or it could just be you know customer the customer just is just like has sleeping an, with plushes has an interesting situation but the fact that you got a picture sent to you yeah i that, almost feel like you were trying to like someone was filling you out like almost like code words, right? Like if you come to yeah, me yeah, and you yeah. say like, Hey, what's the weather like? And if I say, well, it's sunny with a chance of meatballs, <laughs> then you know that, that, you know, I'm selling yeah, the yeah. stuff in the back or whatever. No, right? I, I get it. I get it. It was just, it was one of the, one of the weirdest interactions I've had it before though. I've had interactions of, of like, I've had somebody like send me pictures and like, go like, Hey, uh, how do you think I look? And I'm like, what? Like, this is not a dating site. Like, what are we doing here? So anyways, weird. That is random for sure. That so. is that that's up there. That's so the porches picture story definitely got more interesting. <laughs> yeah, so I mean that's all I got. I mean, all I, the other random story is I've just had a lot of angry people lately. Uh you know, it's funny that eBay allows us to do partial refunds to your top rated seller. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't know if eBay needs to do something else. To kind of clarify to buyers that if we're a top rated seller, we have the ability to give a 50% off mm. uh, or a 50% less refund. The item isn't returned as described because I've had, re- I had one person threaten negative feedback and, well, this is what I was going to say. They said, I've never done this before, but I'm going to send you a negative feedback with pictures. And remember we had talked about right. the pictures of the negative pictures. feedback and I, I wasn't worried about it because I know everything I did was legit, but they were angry. They kept like messaging me all in caps and stuff. And I had another buyer do the same about they weren't happy that an item was, was creased, even though I said it was creased and it showed pictures. And I, I just, you know, I gave the 50% because these were new items I had sold. They had opened them. I can't sell them at full price anymore. And, uh, but here's the thing. This is what this is. Let's redeem this a little bit. The great thing is if you're a top rated seller and you offer free returns, eBay 
I would go with 99.9999% of the time will side with you. That's been my experience. Uh, you know, and even the other day when I was talking to eBay rep with this upset buyer, I had another buyer leave me a negative feedback. They were just, they were angry about something and I had called eBay and the rep wasn't very knowledgeable. And they said, well, we could remove the comment, but your negative feedback's going to have to stay there. Have I shared this story? Um, I don't think so. Maybe. Okay. And, and the comment was like an off kilter. It was like calling me all these things. And I was just like. Uh, like I, I said, you, I said, you can remove the comment, but you're going to leave the negative feedback. I, I told him, I said, you know, what? I'd rather have you leave the crazy comment on there. If you're going to leave the negative feedback, cause then at least people have context and are like, all right, this person was an anomaly because everybody else has good things to say. And this person has some crazy things. And so, you know, eventually, uh, you know, I was able through conversation, they removed the negative feedback, but I said, I'm going to call eBay the next day. I'm going to follow up because I, I don't think I was treated right here. So I called eBay the next day. I wasn't even going to share the story. I called eBay the next day and I'm like, hey, listen, I talked to one of your reps and I had done everything right. I reached out to the buyer. I, I you know, the item was returned to me in a way that was not satisfactory. I gave the 50 percent. They weren't happy about it. And your the rep decided that they could not remove the negative feedback, but they could remove the comment. And it took me about 30 minutes to finally get the, the rep to see my side of things and to agree that, yeah, I probably should remove the negative feedback. And the person I said, hey, I don't know. I don't know if you're the right person to talk to. OK, let me rewind. They called me talking about another item, which I never sold. And then I said, I, I said, no, that's not the item. I wanted a follow up call because of this bad interaction I had with one of your uh, reps earlier uh, last night. And I said, is this EB leadership? And she said, yes, I am a EB leadership. And I said, well, I wanted to share the story with you. And then what she told me at the end, she's like, I'm sorry, that should have never happened. Since you offer free returns, they should be able to remove the negative feedback if you did everything right with the buyer. So I was like, all right, I'm going to communicate this with the Pure Hustle community. Again, I know a lot of people are scared. I understand if you're selling huge items and it, it would definitely kill your profit if you did free returns, that may not work for you. But if you're selling clothing or you're selling shoes or things that are easy to ship back, I strongly encourage you to do free returns. I think it is the best protection you can have from a negative feedback. Oh, it's true. So anyways, just wanted to share that with you guys. Hey, uh, by the way, uh, you've heard us discuss today about the Discord, and we have a lot of great conversation on Discord, whether it be from just having a good old time with memes in our meme channel or or getting serious about business uh, in, our, in our discussion about bolos or about leveling up or about shipping. Uh, one of the ways uh, that I've definitely learned a lot on there is we have a lot of experienced sellers that talk about, like this last one, we had a great discussion about what was the biggest fail. Mm. Right. And a lot of people shared their fails. And and one of one of the individuals, Dennis, uh, who's in our discord, had talked about how earlier on he had listened to YouTube and had picked up all these things that people were saying on YouTube. And and he feels that that kind of slowed his growth, mm. that he should have gone to items that he already knew were yeah. profitable and were good. And and once he started doing that, he started scaling. And I was like, wow, this is this is a great conversation that. 
I, I don't see a lot of people on YouTube or on podcasts and uh, maybe we talk about it. Hopefully <laughs> don't talk about it. and I, I and made me really grateful for the discord. So I want to encourage you uh, if you want to support Pure as a podcast it, just for five fifty five a month, you can join our Patreon. You go to patreon.com slash Pure a podcast or go to the link below. And what that does is it opens up the discord. Also, it's just a way of us saying thank you for supporting the podcast. And then we'll send you a link to the discord and you can join us there and have a great conversation. Yeah. And I mean, you don't have to to be super active in the discord if you don't want to be we have a lot of people who just kind of lurk there and, and they're getting some information and occasionally they'll ask questions but more and more it's becoming a great community where people are able to ask questions and we used to do when we had buy me a coffee before we had uh mm-hmm. before we had our patreon uh we we would do like monthly buy me a coffee like meetings where it was kind of just like a zoom call uh, where we got to kind of chat with some of our listeners who supported us uh, and we're kind of thinking potentially in the future uh, we don't have anything rock solid on this yet uh but of doing some kind of um, you know, YouTube or like a hangout type thing with just our, our, our supporters, uh, where it's just an informal, you know, you can even maybe even do it through discord. Uh, but where it's, it's less formal than, than a podcast, not scripted. We're not going through like specific, you know, here's our agenda of what we're going to talk about, but a chance to, to actually talk. Cause it's really cool to have the forum where we can talk to people, but there's nothing like actually face to face or, or just verbally speaking with people. And Hey, what, what are your experiences? We loved our, our, uh, coffee. What do we call it? Our, uh, our coffee hangouts yeah i mean we did our buy me coffee so it was basically just a zoom call hangout for you know 30 minutes every month or two and that was really cool so we're planning on bringing something like that back in the future too because again all of the people who are supporting us on patreon you're the ones allowing us to have all this content free to have weekly episodes to have our monday minis everything we're putting out on on social media all this stuff we put out for free because we have you know, some good supporters. We have some um, really good sponsors who help us out. So again, thank you to all of you uh, who support us uh, through that. We we really, really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. And as always, we're on social media. We're Pierce Podcast on all social media, except for uh, Twitter. We are Pierce Cast on Twitter with our blue check mark. I always like Mike's reaction when I say that. Uh, if you haven't yet, uh, you can always give us a call. Leave us like a bolo or a hustle of the week or or even a question. 619-738-1170 at 619-738-1170. Or shoot us an email. Podcast at gmail.com. That's Podcast at gmail.com. And if you're listening to the podcast and you've never seen our faces, I encourage you, not not because we're, well, I don't know, maybe we are studly handsome guys, but yeah, you know. uh, come on over to YouTube, hit that subscribe button, uh, smash the like button, hit that bell notification. Uh, again, I always say this, if everyone who listened to our podcast jumped over to YouTube, our YouTube numbers would skyrocket yeah. immediately. So we encourage you to do that. That would be great. And as always, thank you. Thank you to all of you that leave iTunes reviews. Uh, I believe we're at in the 700 range and we are the most reviewed reselling podcast and the number one reselling podcast out there because of all of you. So if you haven't yet, jump on over to iTunes, leave us a five star review and even a message as to why you enjoy the podcast. That's right. I feel like we need to have one of those like stingers at the beginning of the show it's like overproduced it's like welcome to pure Soul podcast the number one reselling podcast oh, in the world 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 <laughs> but like kind of do it like tongue-in-cheek you know with all like the tags like like some music video anyways sweet all right all right hey uh it's time to talk about some uh some important things here that are happening in the reselling world Things are changing consistently, and we have to change with it. There's topics we're going to talk about, and I'm not sure exactly what they all are because I'm having a hard time reading the notes. Orlando, take it away. Orlando's a little cryptic sometimes with our show notes. 
Am I? A little bit. It's okay though. <laughs> I just said Target thrifty buyers. Yeah, I don't. I, that confuse you? Yeah, it's okay. Let's. What, what do we got here? Our, oh, I see. What you're saying you could be like Target thrifty buyers, but I'm going to be talking about Target is looking for thrifty buyers. Okay. Or trying to. Okay. Let me let me explain. All right. So, uh, as you know, uh, Q1 results have have come in. We discussed to uh, an update episode ago about eBay's uh, Q1 results, and Target recently had their Q1 results, and this is from Routers. And the headline is Target, the store, the retail store, not the word, the retail store, uh, sets cautious tone as U.S. consumers turn thrifty. So in their retail, they did discuss how, you know, things are still remaining resilient despite higher prices. Uh, but consumers have been careful about their spending, hurting companies such as Target and Home Depot, uh, whose merchandise largely consists of discretionary products. Right. And I would say. You know, we don't sell a lot of what people need. A lot of the times we do sell a lot of wants, right? Depends on your model. And so that's, uh, here's a chief uh, growth officer, Christina Hennington from a Target said, uh, American consumers continue to face difficult trade-off decisions as they juggle, juggle uh, the wants and needs of their families. The fear of looming recession weighs heavily on many American buyers. These continued signs of, of caution among consumers have reinforced why we entered this year with, with a conservative inventory position. And so remember that when they had that huge overflow, like after the whole scenario that happened in 2020, right. yep. and now they're, you know, they're ordering less, they're making sure that they're cautious about what they're buying. Uh, and so uh, one analyst says that Target's original guidance for the year was on the conservative side. Against that backdrop, we think Target's print is a step in the right direction. And then they go into why Target's losing a ton of money because of shoplifting. And I've heard some analysts talk about that they're just covering for the fact that they're having low sales. So I don't know. But what I'll say is if if big retail giants are saying, hey, by the way, we recognize that people are being a lot more cautious in what they buy. right? And when you go to Target, right, and usually you're buying stuff that you need, right? You're buying groceries, you're buying, uh, you know, household supplies, whatever it is, you have to be, you know, even more cautious in the eBay reselling space. And, and there was another report I read how eBay is, is making sure that they are possibly lowering their prices because they don't want to lose buyers at this point in time. And so if these big retail giants that sell everyday things that people want are doing this, I think that should be a warning to us as resellers that in the reselling space, we need to be careful about our own prices. And and as a person that's always listed items really high and just put best offer, I even myself have changed. This is why I've been running the 50% off sales because I'm recognizing that I can't sell items the way I used to two years ago. I definitely have to look at my prices and I have to lower my price to meet the expectations of the economy. And maybe, you know, when things rebound again, we can get back to that place where it's less high with best offer. But I encourage you guys to definitely look at your prices because if this is the trend, you know, at these other stores where people buy stuff all the time, it should be even more so with what we're selling. Yeah. I mean, we just got to, we got to be wise. I feel like, we we try on PSL podcast. If you're if you're a longtime listener of PSL podcast, you know that we talk about things like macroeconomics and and the you know political things. We don't try and go into like here's our political beliefs on this or that, but we recognize that as things change. I mean, we were calling you know the 
the possible inflation and all of those things years before it happened, knowing that, hey, this the, the economy is cyclical. There's going to be dips and then there's going to be expansion. And then that's just normal. And so, okay, how do we prepare for that? How do we expect, okay, it looks like we're going to be moving into one of those periods. And so sometimes people are like, we just want to hear about reselling. What should I be buying and selling? Well, it's bigger than that. Reselling is more than just, hey, buy these pair of shoes at this price. And you're going to be able to sell it for this. Go to Ross and pick this up. And so understanding that even things like, hey, when Amazon comes out and they're offering free shipping and their return policy is really good. Okay, well, that that changes the expectation of mm-hmm. buyers. Okay, well, how does that affect us as resellers? Okay, well, how do we how, do we have to change our shipping times? We have to change our shipping methods. All of those things start to take a, a play. And if you're just, if you're selling the same way you were selling 10, 20, 30 years ago, and maybe it works for you. If you're like, Hey, I buy really rare vintage items and you know, I clean them up and I, I've got a corner on my market. Maybe you don't have to do a lot of changing, but the economy change affects everybody. And so recognizing that, Hey, what's happening in, in the bank banking system, what's happening in, you know, big, big box stores like target or what's happening in the e-commerce world specifically with things like eBay and Amazon, even when we talk about Timu and all those things, those things do matter in a way. And we have to consider, okay, how does this impact us? And if those stores are adjusting their prices lower, and we talked about the fact that like electronic prices, like TV prices drop significantly. Okay. Well, if that's the expectation and certain prices are going to go down, uh, people are buying things at, at thrift stores. Okay. Well, thrift stores recognize that. So then they start to raise their prices. Even, even things that have to do with maybe not so much just the economy, but just pop culture, culture in general, mm-hmm. where people are, it's becoming trendy to, to repurpose things or trendy to buy and trying to be sustainable. Well, Goodwill and Salvation Army, and those places are going to capitalize on that. And they're going to recognize that their market is changing. And so again, that impacts us as resellers. And so we want to make sure that we're staying up to date on current events. And not that everybody has to be an expert. Like you don't need to be an expert on economics. You don't need to go and take an economics class and read all the books, but you do need to kind of consider, okay, how could this impact me? And if things are, are changing with big companies, when the Q1 reports come out, okay, how are they changing their model? Even like we talked about at the beginning of the episode, as far as marketing strategies, these companies are spending so much money in marketing strategies. And so we recognize, hey, if there's big changes in the way they're doing things, the the model, how they're selling things, the way they even display things or advertise things, or the types of coupons they're running, maybe it's a good idea to at least consider how could this impact me as a reseller because it does impact us as resellers. Maybe maybe it's only a few percent here and there, but those things add up. And it's the resellers who are willing to at least consider. Um, and we've even talked about that as far as like when something big happens, there's a new TV show, there's a new version of Ghostbusters, there's a new, somebody, you know, somebody is in the news because they committed a crime or somebody passed away. Or It's the people who think like, okay, like, can I resell those things? Can I sell things connected to that? Should I maybe unlist my things because I don't want to be associated with certain things? So the more aware you are, the better you're going to do in the long run. And so paying attention to what what Target is doing, it's important. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Now, on a lighter note, on a positive note, I was not aware. Somebody brought this up. We had mentioned this in our themed episode about, hey, if you're a top-rated seller, you end up getting that $100 insurance with USPS. Uh, but someone on Discord uh, brought up the, the fact that this actually applies to everybody now, hmm. right? And so I was like, all right, that's a good thing. Now... It's a good thing, but have you recently tried to get your money back on an insurance claim on USPS? 
no, no. Usually it's not even worth it for me unless it's a really big thing. And I haven't, uh, I haven't had an issue with the post office losing a big thing recently. Thank I, goodness. No, but it's, it's been terrible lately. And I, I've been rejected like twice. And I, I, it, it just feels like the USPS, unless you somehow show up to their doorstep and like show something to them that it's broken. Like they, whatever reason they reject it. I've, I've sent pictures, I've sent everything. So I want to encourage everyone, you know, well, let me know in the comments. I've shipped everything and I've turned it over to ship cover insurance. I used to do the USPS because it used to be pretty quick. But if uh, you're shipping with uh, USPS on eBay, you do have the option of ship cover. And I was looking at their stuff here and it was interesting. They said uh, ship cover is fully integrated with eBay labels. Buying insurance is only a few clicks away. Claims are processed in days, not weeks. And most coverage costs less than USPS. So I thought that's pretty cool because with the post office, Right, you'll put in a claim and it takes weeks. And then even when it takes weeks, then they're like, oh, we're looking at your item. Then it takes another week or two. And then maybe you'll get a check in the mail or you'll get a letter in the mail that says, well, we need more evidence. Can you send this? And so I was looking at this. I'm like, you know, I'm going to start using ship cover. Now, luckily, I haven't had uh, to do anything recently uh, with, uh, you know, USPS insurance. Uh, here's another thing they said. Said you can file a claim on my eBay with most claims processed within a week. You can always monitor your claims progress 24-7 online. No more waiting on the post office or standing in line. So anyways, just want to give everyone the alternative. If you've had an experience with ship cover uh, when you ship stuff on eBay, let us know in the comments. Like, is it is it easier? Is it simple? I think Scavenger Life at one point I uh, had said, and Scavenger Life is the OG reselling podcast, ha had said, hey, we can use ship cover now because it's a lot easier to go through that process. So now I thought this was pretty cool. Wanted to throw in these a uh, couple stories. So you ever had those moments where you wake up in the morning when you're going to a garage sale and you're like, maybe this will be the day. Do you ever have those? Oh yeah. I mean, every time you go out, you hope this is the day. Yeah. But, but you never expect that day to be like a thousand, not, not I've had thousand dollar days, but like a $10,000 day. Yeah. I'm waiting one or, of these days. Okay. So these two stories just recently happened and those days happen now. They didn't go to a garage sale, but let me let me share the headlines here. So two jars were bought for twenty five dollars at a thrift store. They turned out to be Qing Dynasty, so that's Q I N G. It's pronounced Qing Dynasty treasures that could fetch sixty three thousand dollars at auction. Okay, so these were a pair of Qing Dynasty jars that were snapped up at a London charity shop uh, for 20 pounds, which is uh, $25. And they could fetch up to $63,000 at an auction. And so uh, the auction happens. Oh, actually, you know what? I, I don't know why there isn't a current follow up on this. The auction recently happened, but we'll have to wait and see. And I was like, wow, like I, I looked at these. I look at these jars and I'll probably post these on social. And I'm like, I probably wouldn't have ever looked at this because this isn't my niche. This isn't the kind of stuff I pick up. Uh, but, you know, again, you just never know. This always motivates me to continue uh, going out there and looking for items. So the other story here, uh, this is from uh, from New York. So let me let me read the story here. New York, uh, New Yorker Nancy Cavalier uh, started trending online after she shared her thrift shop find of a lifetime on social media. Cavalier unknowingly purchased 
four authentic Pablo Picasso ceramic condition uh, ceramic edition plates from a Salvation Army uh, in New York City for eight dollars. Little did she know that these plates would be the gift that kept on giving as three of them went to auction and reaped a collective forty one thousand dollars. Right. And and these plates, like when I look at them, you know, they have like a Picasso style that these were black plates and they kind of look like a face. But there's no way I would look these up. Right. No way. So I want to encourage you guys with these stories. Like you just never know. You never know when you're, whether it's garage sale, whether you're going to thrift stores, you never know what you're going to come across. You might come across like a rare Roman um, bust. No, right? somebody found that, right? I that know. was the other story we had shared recently. And actually that bus is, I think the tour is finished. It was going through all these museums. Crazy. That's right. But you know how you said earlier, like, even though I didn't score at the garage shows, I enjoyed the thrill of it. Yeah. Right. I think that's what separates us from a lot of uh, podcasting YouTube out there is that it's all business, business, business. I understand. I'm cool with the business. I am a full-time seller. I need to have that business mindset. But I will say I will be done with reselling once the thrill of it is gone. Yeah, I mean, because I could make money other ways. There's other ways to make money for sure. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. Like it, reselling is really nice in the sense of, like I talked about on a previous episode. Like it is a skill you can learn that you can always pull from. Like you can like ease back on your reselling and then realize like, hey, I need to make a little extra money. I'm gonna go a little bit harder. So it's always just a good thing to have in the tank that you can you can pull from. It's a good skill to have. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the fact that it's so enjoyable to hunt, I mean, it's, it's, really, <laughs> and then when really you find stuff yeah. and you're like, okay, I'm so glad I, yeah. I went out. And we've talked in the past. Um, so you like to do when you record, like if you're not following us on our Instagram, like Orlando's really good about, I don't always agree with how low he goes on some of his offers. We talk <laughs> about the negotiating, but, um, he records the garage sale negotiations that he does and things that he finds. Uh, but he, he's pretty like sneaky with his phone. Like he's not, you know, he's, he's just showing the items he's getting and he'll do the negotiation. He's not showing the people's faces. Whereas like when I go out, a lot of times I'll actually have my like GoPro on mm -hmm. or it's not a GoPro, but you know, something similar, an action camera. And he's made comments like, I don't want that to ruin my, like my negotiations. And I have had people say like, what's up with the camera? And Honestly, when you tell people and you're like, you know what? You never know what you're going to find. And you start telling them stories like, I just recently read a story of someone finding some Picasso, mm. like whatever, or yeah. somebody finding this. And you tell them the story and you're like, one day. And, and, and it's, it becomes that connection. Like I've had so many people like laughing with me and telling me like, oh, that'd be cool. Like maybe this is my thing. And, and so we, it ends up being like a cool thing. I've never had somebody, I've had a couple of times people are like, be careful with the guy at the camera. But a lot of times the people are, are like, man, I hope you find it. And and it becomes that like a almost a connection point with me and, and the person I'm negotiating with of, yeah, I have the camera on because one of these days I'm going to find the million dollar item. Do you have it? Is it this? Right. And like we laugh and we joke. And and so. But yeah, I mean, one of these days it, it happens. It happens to people. But let's be real. If we found a million dollar item. It, I wouldn't post it anywhere. Oh, heck. Yeah, I'd be posting it. I'd be talking. I'd yeah. be, it would be people would be like, okay, Pierce Podcast has turned into the Mike Found a Million Dollar Item podcast. Yeah, but it, isn't it isn't it like those people that win the lottery and then they go out there and the first thing next thing you know, they're being sued by everyone and everybody's wanting money from them. And yeah, I guess you gotta be careful. If it's something where you're like, I don't want anybody to know like that I, I picked up this item, especially until it sells. Like like who is it? Um um it was I don't know, it was one of the resellers that, that bought something uh, on YouTube and like they, they were very cryptic about it for a long time. And then they finally released what it was because it w went to like a major auction house. and It was like in a museum and like a whole thing. And it's like, yeah, I mean, so there are times where it's like, OK, we've got to be kind of careful with certain things. But man, if I if I found like a vintage Picasso or something, oh, it would be 
I'd, I'd be talking about yeah, it a that, lot. No, that that would be cool. I just I I don't know. I it just that's the when people like you do get the hate of like you bought this from them and and it was a Picasso and you should split the money with them and it's like. I don't know. Okay, there's some gray areas. So yeah, maybe maybe you don't maybe you don't mention it. See, I'm more of like so. One of the stories said like the one with the uh, the, uh, the Qing Dynasty jars that they're gonna give the money back to the thrift shop. See, you could go down that road. Like I I know myself. If that opportunity arose, I would probably give it you know to to my church or to a family that needs it. Like you know I I obviously wouldn't hoard all that money for myself. But yeah, I mean it, it's just I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one. It's a tough one because again, when you know, it's funny and I know I'm kind of sputtering here, but I've had it before where I bought something from somebody and I sold it for a ton of money. And the person's like, I'm so glad you sold that item for that much money. Like I just wanted it to go to somebody that knew what they're doing and to sell it. Yeah. Well, and and that's kind of the cool thing too. Like, I mean, you can always, you're going to be miserable if you are completely envious all the time and you look at people and you're, you're, if you can't celebrate their wins, um, I'll give you an example, just quick connection to what we started the podcast with. So when I went to the school event, they were giving out a drone as like a, uh, a, a drone goes all the way back to the beginning of the podcast. I started that reselling way back. I started reselling cause I wanted to make days. a little bit of money to be able to buy a drone. And anyways, at this expo that we were going to, it was like everybody who goes gets gets a raffle ticket and we're going to pull a winner at the end. And whoever wins is going to win this drone, you know, worth you know several hundred dollars, like a very nice DJI drone, like a nice drone. And I was joking the whole time, like with everybody, man, I really hope I win this drone. And I really did hope I'd win it. But there's a ton of people there. Well, it comes down to the ending drawing and they're like doing all the numbers. Right. And it gets down to the last digit. And I'm I'm still in it, right? So like I'm within nine of like getting yeah, this drone. Yeah, yeah. It was the person after me, and not only was it the person after me, but the person after me gave their ticket, gave her ticket to another guy who's like a friend of mine there at the school. And you know, I could have been like, "Hey, can give me your tickets if you're gonna leave," because she was leaving and she gave him the ticket. And I'm like, part of me is like, it could have been me. It was literally the person after me who picked a ticket. But then you're like, you know, I'm. I'm if it was meant to be, it was meant to be. I didn't win it. You can't, I was happy for that guy, right? Like you can, you can easily get to the point in your life where you see another reseller winning in something oh, or somebody I, else. I see and what and if yeah, you're, I agree. and if your entire mindset is why isn't it me as opposed to like when you hear a story like this and you go like, man, that is so awesome. Maybe one day it's me, but if it's not like you got to celebrate other people's victories or you're going to be miserable. I agree. I so, agree. um, yeah, it would be this great. Is like a motivational, like, but I think it's important. Now. I think it's important to, to, to consider that as no, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. All, like all the time, like, you know, people that we've helped in the discord. I mean, we have people that have killed it. Yeah. Right. Or like even found a bolo like we've mentioned, like of, of not something I've sold, but like, here's a grail. I found this thing. Like I, I heard about it and like, I'm looking out for it now. And then somebody finds it. Like, I only found this because you mentioned on the podcast and thinking like, Oh, it could have been me. I could have been the one that got the $5,000 deal. But then that's not how I want to feel. I want to be like, man, that is so awesome. I'm excited that the fact that I shared that helped somebody else out. And, you know, I think that's that's what's so cool about like our discord is like it's a community that's like supporting each other. And one day I and mean, we've had people find some pretty cool things. Maybe not quite. You know, we have somebody that found Dynasty, a storage unit of like historical yes, items. And, that was crazy. And, but it's still selling. Right. Yep. And every time we're all celebrating because it's so cool. The stuff they came across. So anyways, I encourage you guys celebrate the wins yeah, for everyone. That's right. 
All right. Hey, uh, so that is our reseller topics. Before we move forward to our bolos, uh, if you're in need of bubble wrap and you have an order from American Bubble Boy, you are missing out on a great product with fast shipping. American Bubble Boy ships uh, next day, today, uh, nationwide. It's free shipping and uh, there's even local pickups. So if you haven't checked them out, go to our link below, American Bubble Boy, and uh, order some bubble wrap. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about some but but. What's your bolo? Yeah. So what's bolo. your bolo? Um, I'm gonna kick it since we're going old school. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it going old school. I'm gonna go back to OG. And if you haven't listened to our our original episodes, um, you know, I suggest it with caution, right? Like some of our old stuff was I mean suggest a little rough. Um, but you know, we had a lot of cool stories back then. And one of my favorite finds, I'll always remember this find was uh, a duck decoy that I bought, and. What I loved so much about it is I didn't know anything about it. And I just remembered having a conversation with some guys at lunch one day. And one of the older guys, one of the older gentlemen at lunch was saying that a hobby he was into was duck decoys. I didn't even know what that was. Right. Yeah. I thought like my, my father-in-law does a lot of like duck hunting. So I thought like maybe he meant like, you know, like something that you put out in order. But no, like these are like decorative duck decoys that you, you know, people collect and they, you know, display them. Well, I bought one and it wasn't even a huge sale. I mean, maybe one of our listeners who's recently listened to our podcast will tell me how much I made. Like it, it was under a hundred. Like it wasn't like a crazy sale, but it was like, man, I bought this for like a dollar and I sold it for whatever it was, 50, 60 bucks, something like that. And it was like, man, what a cool sale, like a random thing. And you were like, I would have never picked up something yeah, like that. Yeah, true. And if you look through, if you just go onto eBay and you just type in duck decoys and then you like filter by sold and like some of the higher price stuff, I, I tend to try and do like the middle of the road, like you can put in the $10,000 sale stuff. And like, those are the rare, 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 rare. You're probably never going to find, but if you put stuff in the middle of the road, stuff from, you know, $50 to a couple hundred bucks, you'll tend to find some brands of, of or, or artists. Cause what it really comes down to is a duck decoy. Not only is there a huge community of people who collect them um, and want to display them, but it's like art. It's, there are artists, there are people who carve these, that they're well known for carving these. Mm-hmm. And They'll sign them sometimes. They sign them, on yeah, the on the bottom, and and they tend to have a stamp on them. So, anyways, if you see a duck decoy, look it up. Um, if you see them at an estate sale or a garage sale, a lot of times you can pick them up for decent prices, and you might have to do a little bit of research because unless you're a duck decoy person that knows all of the the creators and the artists that make these, uh, you might not know what you have. But if you spend a little bit of time, sometimes you got to like look up, like okay, what is this symbol? You got you're putting in initials. Uh, but if you find a few, you can be. You can you can do well, and I know you've recently sold some duck well, decoys, right? Yeah. So about a year ago, I bought a table full of duck decoys for like ten dollars, and I, it was crazy because the only reason I picked them up is because ever since you brought up duck decoys, and I think there was somebody back I can't remember who it was who sold one for several thousand dollars, right? And duck decoys, I would say it's a bolo, but it's a long tail bolo. Like it's not like you're gonna sell it overnight. Now I did have the luck or the consistency because I consistently, you know, source stuff <laughs> that when I picked up these uh, Doug decoys, uh, one of them sold for over a hundred dollars, like within a week. So I already is in the profit. So I recently sold one uh, and it was, it was pretty, it was one of those, I got a message and the message was, you know, Hey, uh, you know, what are the dimensions of this? Could you let me know? And it was weird because it wasn't from the item. It was just a random name. And I don't know how that happened. Uh, but they kept asking me all these questions and I entertained the questions and I measured them. And literally it was a five inch Doug decoy. It wasn't even very big. And remember I paid $10, I already made hundred dollars. And this one was a vintage buffle head, a Drake Doug decoy. 
Uh, and it was actually, it is signed on the bottom and it had like a day when, when it was made and so on. It was pretty cool. And remember I paid $10 for all these. So maybe I paid two to three bucks uh, and it sold for $150 plus ship. Nice. And I was like, thank goodness. You know, Mike back in the day decided to find some Doug decoys and make them a bolo. Just out of ignorance, right? Like I just, I saw something. I was like, well, you know, knickknacks, maybe these things are worth something. Somebody talked about them one time. So I know people like these things and, and, it, and it worked out. We actually even talked like a long time ago about like, we need to make a shirt about duck decoys. Cause I think that was my first bolo. Yeah. Yeah. It was duck <laughs> that decoys. is true. Um, and, um, and so we were actually talking about like, yeah, okay, yeah, like we you know, shirts and stuff. And uh, we talked, I think it was, it's been a little while now. We talked about, okay, Pierce Podcast is going to do merch. Uh, we've been kind of having like that once we reach 10,000 on YouTube, but I think we're tired of waiting until we reach the 10,000 mark on YouTube. Uh, so our, our goal is over the next uh, period of time, we don't know the exact date, uh, but we'd like to start doing merch. Like We want to do shirts. We have so many shirt ideas, some fun shirt ideas. Uh, so if you, if you want, like, is this going to take some work? Like, we don't know what people, like, if, do our listeners even want to buy shirts and buy mugs and stuff that have fun reselling phrases and sayings, things that connect to the podcast, things about reselling. So let us know in the comments or below. Motivating. Yeah, motivational stuff. Um, if you want that, if you're like, yeah, Pierce Podcast merch would be cool. Let us know in the comments below because I think that'd be cool. I think we should I think we should do it. I think we should say like, why wait to the 10,000? I think there's benefits like YouTube allows like certain things once you reach 10,000 and you get like you can go through Teespring and get discounts and whatever. But we're like, you know what? We've got a lot of people who love Pierce Podcast. You guys have been supporting us and we've got shirt ideas and we've got ideas. So let us know if you'd be interested in, in shirts. Uh, that'd be that'd be fun. Maybe maybe one of the first ones. Maybe we do like a very limited edition Duck Decoy shirt. I don't know how many people. Edition. It would only be like all ten of you who are like, yes, the Duck Decoy shirt is finally here. But uh, you know, we'll, it, we'll it's run been a, a long edition. time since we talked about it, but <laughs> it, I think it's finally time to make it happen. So, all right, hey, my bolo, and I, I don't know if I've mentioned. Have I mentioned vintage video game plush before? I don't know about plush. Okay, I mean, we talk so, about vintage video games, but. One of the grails for me, and I think somebody had it as a hustle of the week, like an episode, I don't know, 43 or something back in the day. Uh, so, for example, there's like Kirby. If you can find a vintage Nintendo Kirby plush, uh, and I think it has to be a certain brand and so on. Like It goes for like four to $500. But I've even, one time in my early days reselling, came across the table and it was all these new tags Nintendo plush. And it was like a link from Legend of Zelda. And it was Mario, Luigi. Princess Peach, Bowser, a Goomba. Peaches, 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 Whoa, Peaches, Peaches. Not, you know what's funny? That was like popular like over a decade ago and like it came back. So What, Mario? No, no, Jack Black. Song? Jack, oh, Jack Black's great. <laughs> I know. Good old Tenacious D days. Anyways, so um, getting back to, okay, video game, vintage video game plush. Jack, Jack Black just threw me off there. Vintage video game plush. If you see it, Okay, if it's like a Sonic, I mean, I know some of it's mass produced, but look it up because there are some things that can go for crazy money. I mean, I think the the one I've sold the most for was it was yeah, it was a Link, and I didn't sell it for crazy money. It was like eighty dollars, uh, but I only paid like twenty five cents at the thrift for it. So definitely it, keep an eye out. And it makes sense that like, okay, obviously Mario right now. I mean, Mario's always oh, always like big, but like yeah. the movie case, okay, so certain things like that. Are, but it's crazy because kids know Sonic, kids know Mario, kids, the young, I mean, I'm a middle school teacher and occasionally like when kids come in early and like school hasn't started yet, I'll play videos in the background. Sometimes fun videos to play are just like Minecraft walkthroughs or stuff like that. 
And so one of my favorite games is Ori in the Blind Forest. So I had that playing in the background. Really? And kids are like, what is that? You're the cool teacher, you know that? <laughs> yeah. And kids <laughs> are like, crazy. some kids are like, I don't know. I think, you know, I heard one kid say this and it cracked me up. Like, I don't know. It looks, I feel like old people like, like emotional games. They like games that are like really sad. And I was like, what does that even mean? But then I was like, yeah, Ori in the Blind Forest. I mean, it's not an old game, but you know, it's, it's kind of emotional. Your, your junior high and middle school voice is like Beavis. <laughs> yeah, it should be more like uh, yeah, <laughs> old like, people like me. It'd be, it'd be cool if yeah, like, it was a video. <laughs> but uh, anyways, um, it's crazy how, and we've talked about it again. I mean, I feel like this episode we're just dropping so much stuff that's like we're, real. We're all over the place right now. But I think this is it's so true that like people, the reason why vintage always does good, and and there's like a window does of vintage. Well. The reason it's it's such a great thing to to purchase is because. When you are, when you're young and you're interested in something and you love something, but you don't have the money for it, and then you get old. Yep. So by true. old, I mean like you're thirty. Oh my! <laughs> because what are that's you old. Here? That's old to the 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 high schoolers. That is true. But you're you know when you're in your people 30s, call me sir now. Yep. It drives me crazy. Oh, I think it's great. Or like, do you need help with the groceries, <laughs> sir? What what? I'm only forty three. But when you're old to a high schooler or a junior higher. That means you're probably like their parent age and their parents now have money and they're showing that they're buying their Pokemon. They, are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. You're a millennial who's got tons of money who can spend money on Pokemon. That's why the Pokemon thing blew up, right? The kids now, because their parents are buying all this stuff, it gets popular again. And because wherever the money is, that's where the, the TikTok influence, all those things, mm -hmm. whatever's on Instagram, that stuff is going to go towards wherever money is. So the kids are seeing these things. And so they're going to be interested in the vintage Sonic and Mario and all of the things that were really pop Zelda's. I mean, obviously Zelda's really big right now because the new game just yeah, dropped. Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. Tears definitely. of the Kingdom just dropped. But vintage Zelda stuff, are you kidding me? Because it's not just that little kids, but it's the 30 year olds and it's the 40 year olds who played Zelda on the NES. NES that are now have money and they can buy the OG stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that's where the money comes from. So we, that vintage period, like you got to consider like that's the time frame you want. Now, if it's like 60, 70, 80 years old, now you're getting into like a very collector's market. You're getting into very, you know, niche. But if you're, if you're looking at like what is going to make you a lot of money, but still easy ish to find, it's going to be the stuff that the 30 and 40 year olds who now have money, who are trying to relive their childhood, wishing they had money in their childhood. That's the stuff that's on. And by the way, Y2K is coming back right now. Is it? Like, that's the new one. Yeah. I'm serious. Like yeah. Clothing and so on. Yeah, makes so, sense. I don't know. Were you a Y2K? Yeah, you were. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was, that was like, I was, was like, it, uh, is that Jenko jeans? That was like middle school. Yeah. Was Jenko jeans around? I, Not that you were. See, wore, I was, but. I was, I was, I didn't have the money, so I don't know what they were wearing. I was wearing, wearing pay less. I got made fun of for the pay less stuff. So, yeah, the pro, you know. the pro wings. Remember the pro wings? Yeah. I had, I, I thought I was really cool when I finally got Converse, but they were the one stars, not the all stars. Those are the Target ones. And somebody oh was like, those aren't even real Converse. I'm like, what are you talking about? They're Converse. You know, here's the, here's what's funny too. Is like I, right now I'm, I'm collecting vintage, uh, like 49er stuff and so on. And so I remember, well, we are all over the place, but I want to share the story. So, uh, one of my best friends, uh, and I, you know, my, my mom would always like, if she bought stuff for me, she would buy stuff for, for my buddy. And, uh, she bought us uh, 49er jackets, but they were chalk line. And in the 90s, chalk line was not as cool as starter. Like chalk line was like lower tier yeah. or, as a, Walmart brand or, or as a kids would say mid. Oh, so mid. Yeah. Right. 
so I remember we got these chalk line jackets and it was cool. Like my, my buddy loved it and he was grateful and I was grateful too. Uh, but it wasn't the starter 49ers jacket, right? But here's what's crazy now. The chalk line 49ers jackets, like the gold ones, they're worth like four to $500 now. Yeah. Just as much. I would say maybe even more than the starter jackets. So you're right. You're right. And who knows? Maybe maybe the one stars will come back. Wouldn't that be crazy? Like if and you've the got Boeings. Converse one stars, man, you're making it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Hey, man, what are you looking forward to here? Uh, merch. That'd be cool. It'd be cool if we did some okay. podcast merch. And then also, um, we actually have in my car right now after we finish recording, we're going to kind of start playing with it a little bit. So um, again, thank you to all the listeners who kind of dealt with the short period of time there when my son was in the the NICU mm. and there was some sicknesses in our family. So we were doing some some remote recording. And it wasn't like the highest quality. It was mostly just like, we want to get content out there. So the quality, even if the, the sound quality goes down, which Puristal Podcast from the beginning has kind of been known for like our, our video and our, our audio quality is going to be top notch. We, we said that from the beginning, like we want to make sure that our quality of the content we're providing is good, but also the 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 stuff that the people are hearing needs to be you know good. So it was rough for a few weeks there. And we thank you for listening, you know, through that. And we promise that when I go to Texas and we're doing remote, like the show is, if anything, going to step up in production quality. I do not like Orlando and I have had conversations. We are not going to let production quality drop. We're not going to let the sound quality drop. We're not going to let video quality drop. So all of you guys who've been supporting us have allowed us to purchase some equipment that we're going to start playing with. We, we bought some stuff that we think is going to make it. So when we're recording remote, it's going to sound and look great and maybe even add some extra flair and some extra fun things to the podcast. Uh, so, you know, we're going to start playing with that in the next couple of weeks. Uh, today, we'll play with it a little bit. So excited about that. And again, thank you for all of you who not only, you know, suffered through some of those, uh, you know, <laughs> You know, audio wasn't as amazing as it could be, uh, but it's because of your constant support that we can buy the stuff to make sure that you get the content that you deserve. Yeah, I agree. agree. And I am, I'm not looking forward to Mike moving, but I'm looking forward to using this new equipment and producing, you know, yeah, quality content. That's right. So uh, I'm just looking up. I, I want to ramp up more local deals mm. just because I, I find that there are more people selling stuff now. Uh, and, I, you know, in San Diego, it is, it is still uh, a seller's market where in the sense that there's a lot of resellers here. And so you got to be quick on, on stuff. But uh, I, I see a lot of people selling like collections of items. So I'm looking forward to buying more. And the reason I want to buy more too is I do plan on on spending a lot more time with my kids this summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have, you know, my one son has one more year left of school. And then I have my, my other younger son and I have some trips planned. And I want to make sure that while I'm, you know, on the road, I have you know, constant things to list every day. You know, I have, you know, 30 drafts uh, set up to, you know, if I'm on a trip Monday through Friday, I can list Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, and just continue that flow. Because again, I would say right now you need to be cash heavy because you do not know where this economy is going. We could be fine. Everything could be fine. We could be like that cartoon where, you know, everything's in flames and, and, you know, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. yeah. You know, we could be that, 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 that could be right now, or, or it could be really, really bad. And, you know, that is the bad, that, that I, is I, the bad. I, no, I think it could get worse where the guy can't Fair even enough. have his coffee with the flames in the back. Sure. Yeah. He has to evacuate. 
<laughs> but but I you know I want to make sure that right now I'm I'm bulking up on on items uh, so I can list and so I could be ready in case you know I need to be cash heavy and there's a lot of buying opportunities uh, around the corner. So hey, glad you uh, stuck with us all the way to the end. Appreciate all your support and as always, make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling. Leads. Peace.